So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Episode 7 of Season 5, Love After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael question if she's pregnant, Gabby and Chris break up for good, Nathan tries to apologize to Skylar, Derek goes to find a ring for Monique, Ashley and Travis get evicted, and Cameron and Eris get married. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. How about with you? Uh, they're just fine. We're getting through that stretch. Quarter's over, second semester started. So we get a little bit of another honeymoon, but you know. <laughs> Still winter time, still doing our thing, but yeah, yeah, it's been cold and rainy here, but you know, I I can't complain because it's still warmer than pretty much almost anywhere else. That's true, that's true. So let's let's just get started. Let's get started with the one that was like a downer, so we can kind of come up from it. That's <laughs> the Gabby and Chris. So we start with a kind more of a classic, like not lighthearted, but get you mad at people scene. Where Gabby and Chris are visiting her mom, Sharon, who they showed us on the last time on segment that she specifically asked Gabby to not bring Chris around to her house. Yeah. And she just shows up. So it starts off awkward because her mom, mom just like refuses to acknowledge that he's there. She's just like completely ignoring him. And she won't say hi to Chris. And he's just like standing there in the kitchen doorway, like daring her to say something. <laughs> so he seems to really enjoy making her uncomfortable and just like, I just came to say hi. So she says, okay, you're going to say bye too because that's this. And also they're eating her mangoes this all this time. Gabby yeah. just picks up a mango and starts cutting it up to eat it. Which, I mean, it's your mom's house. That's kind of – people do that at their parents' house. It's not totally crazy. Um, but then she changes – mom changes her tune and is like, oh, okay. You want to talk? Then we can talk and, just, and is going to start grilling him. So she asked him about why he was in jail. Doesn't believe his story about that. Why he was talking to other girls doesn't believe his story about that and straight up calls him a liar and a clown. Well, actually, she called both of them clowns and says they should just get divorced. (laughs) So Sharon says before she goes up to bed that just leave me out of your shit. And then as she just leaves the room while they're there, Gabby kind of bucks at her. But then the tone drastically changes and we skip a whole lot. Um, Gabby tells us it's been three months and a lot has happened and she and Christopher are now broken up. But she says that it was not really a smooth thing. She saw him texting other women again on his phone and grabbed the phone and tried to kick him out. And that turned into a two-hour physical confrontation and slash domestic violence episode. So she said that she called 911 and put the phone in her pocket so that the police could hear everything that was going on. He would end up getting charged with aggravated assault and now he's going to be locked up again for a while. Mm. So since then – He's been breaking the restraining order to try to contact her about getting her to drop all the charges, which she isn't going to do because it apparently was a very violent thing. It involves broken bones. There were teeth missing, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she should have see- heeded the red flags about this relationship before, but now she's just trying to heal and focus on herself. And she's on better ter- she's on better terms with her mother now that Chris is out of the picture. You think? So the, this and the scene end does end with contact information for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So uh I I just I assume that this is the last we'll see of him, I hope. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're together anymore. I mean, we probably should have done a little bit more digging, but I remember when this first came out, um, I and that's why I was really surprised that they were back on the season because we all kind of knew how it was going to end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we knew it was going to end like in a way that, you know, not that we're trying to paint a specific kind of picture, especially with this show. Right. But I think anything like, which is why I think we don't get violent type criminals on this show is because they're trying to avoid having something that is like, you know, taking advantage of victims in a way, exploiting them. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're right. They tend to avoid people. Now, people will have weapons charges. People will have, yeah. you know, robbery uh, uh, and stuff. But yes, it doesn't tend to be people who have been locked up three times because they keep assaulting people. Now, that said, right. Yeah, got a... You know, what's his face? Nathan over here who has been showing his oh, violent gosh. tendencies, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. And and because that's it, because like they don't want the show to go here, right? They don't, it's not right. supposed to be a, a gripping documentary about the, the horrors of, you know, criminal activity. It's supposed to be sure. dumb people doing dumb stuff. And that's what right, want, right? right. And, yeah. And we just I – mean, that, that's – I mean, it's sad, and I'm glad if she it did manage to get out of the, out of that relationship, and it's over. Then I hope it stays over, and I mm-hmm. hope everything goes well for them. But yeah, it's like it's one of those things. It's like ah, this isn't really what I signed up for. Yeah, I was gonna say, not that you know we're supposed to be like judges of character based on you know the limited amount that we actually see them in, but would you have taken this as someone who is capable of that kind of violence? Uh, no, I mean this. This is not somebody that we've we've seen at least through the edit have mm-hmm. the kind of like angry, hostile, like volatile nature that I would that that would make me think that this was a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this does not be somebody. What is it? Somebody that you know? I certainly don't know enough about him that if, if you told me he did it, I'm not sitting here being like, well, I don't know about that. He seems like a right. calm guy. Like, no, I'm like. Yeah, no. not enough to defend him or anything. Yes. Right. right. But right. They definitely did try to at least edit him, if not, you know, through his own self-editing as mm-hmm. just kind of a, you know, a laid back, goofy guy, maybe irresponsible, but not dangerous. Like, like he clearly is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then that all, always makes me wonder in situations like that where you feel like you haven't had glimpses of things like that. It's like, well, were drugs involved, you know, because mm-hmm. drugs certainly alter a person's like typical self where they're capable of doing like things that you wouldn't necessarily think that they would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. so it's, it, it's just it's just sad all around. Right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll continue on the sad train, uh, but not as as sad. But like you were talking about Nathan and Skylar. So after they got back to the house, Nathan was acting like everything was fine. Nathan was trying to do laundry. So they agreed just to drop the huge argument that they had had at the restaurant and, you know, move on. At work, Nathan is working with Barry, uh, who just got out of prison earlier this week. Uh, Barry is his family member, and Nathan tells Barry that he got in a fight with Skylar. Nathan admits that he is still very jealous, and Barry suggests that he just let that jealousy go. Barry wonders why Nathan wants to settle down with Skylar, and Nathan says because he loves her and she's the marrying kind. 
Skylar, meanwhile, is visiting her mother, Heather, and her brother, Drew, and she's bringing her laundry with her. Skylar tells them about the date night. Heather is worried about how Nathan gets when he's angry. Skylar is more so worried about Nathan just generally staying clean. Heather thinks that having to answer to Nathan might trigger Skylar to use again. They both encourage her to take time to be by herself because she can really learn a lot about herself just by being single. Drew asks her questions like, is she happy? And Heather asks if she just feels sorry for Nathan. Skylar says that she needs to focus on her recovery, otherwise she will lose her relationship. During the commercial break, we hear about how Skylar was known as Prison Barbie because she bought all the makeup and had access to a hair straightener. She would help others if they wanted to get glammed up for a visit or a picture. Later, Skylar asks to meet up with Nathan at the park. He immediately brings up the dinner situation from the night before. He says that he's been basically living for her and he doesn't think that he deserved to be treated that way. Skylar apologizes for answering the phone in the middle of their dinner. Nathan says he is ashamed about how he handled his reaction. Skylar says he needs to control that initial reaction. And Nathan asks her not to make him deal with his anxiety, so she has to do better. Skylar says there shouldn't be a next time. Nathan says that he's trying to make progress as he starts to cry. Nathan says it's been difficult for him not to react, but he's working on it. Skylar says she loves him and he's been there for her and brought her back to herself. Skylar feels like their love is equal, which she hasn't necessarily felt before, but she's starting to feel overwhelmed and she needs more time to decide if she really wants to choose to be with him. All right. So what do you really think is the real Nathan as we are kind of talking about the real Chris? Like, is it this like, you know, crybaby, sensitive guy that he's trying to portray? Or is it this mean, I'm a man, I'm a man guy who's like trying to get her to do what he wants? I I, I think he wants to be the sensitive guy, but mm -hmm. he is the other guy. Um <laughs> And, and, and I think he – but and but then he did some like very problematic things at least. Uh, problematic is overused word. But you know what I mean? Like he did some questionable things in dealing with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like the responsibility for him being the sensitive guy and not turning into Hulk, Doc, Mr. Hyde, other guy that is right. not a bitch. Um, <laughs> that responsibility is his and yes. not hers. Yeah, I didn't like how he tried to put it on her, too. Like, well, if you don't mean to act like that, then you have to, like, be a ride or die. And, well, and it was, don't make me face my anxiety by doing what you're doing. Yeah, it was very much like, well, I don't want to be the crazy asshole who controls you. So mm -hmm. as soon as I start acting like a crazy asshole, you just have to do exactly what I say. I yeah, like, well, that's like, being that's a crazy asshole up. that controls her. That What difference is that? Like, right. If you just did everything I said, it would all have been fine. You yeah. had to go poking at me and that's like – that's that that to me is victim blaming. It's his responsibility to manage that, not hers right. to manage him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree because it definitely – like my ears perked up. I was like, what? You're blaming this on Skylar? Like don't make me confront my anxiety. It's like, well, <laughs> maybe you should. Yeah. I mean it, you, it, a, a way of dealing with something, your anxiety isn't just like, well, I just have to – consistently put myself in situations where they'll right. never experience any anxiety. It's like, yeah. that's not realistic. That is not how you deal with your anxieties. You have to learn how to not be a, turn into a psychopath because you feel, because you feel anxious. Yeah. 
No, agreed. So, ugh. Yeah, Nathan is not winning over any fans right now. Um, I think it's interesting that Skylar's family is saying like, hey, you should be single. You should be single. And even she's trying to decide if she wants to, in her words, kind of like choose to be in this relationship. So, you know, it's like I feel like Nathan is just not reading the room. You know, he's like right. all prepared to get engaged and she's deciding if she just even wants to be with him. Yeah. And it is a lot to ask. Like, I know that they've been talking to each other for longer, right? Mm-hmm. But it does very much seem like if you're starting to get into a relationship with somebody, you know, you've been on a few dates and they want to get really serious really fast. And that just mm-hmm. scares you off. You're like, whoa, let's, we need to pump the brakes here. And not only just, we need to pump the brakes, let's slow down and be like, nope, we're done. Nope, I can't do this. Not going to do this if you're around. Whereas yeah. if that person wouldn't have pushed so hard, right? But he yeah. definitely is because he's not just like prepared to get engaged and ready for it. He's like, that's what I need from you. I need you to be my ride or die. And she's not even sure she wants to get on the car. No, right? I know. Let alone die in the car with him, you know? Right. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's just I feel like what they want out of this relationship is very different. And I do kind of agree with her mom. I don't think it's that she feels sorry for Nathan, but she just appreciates how he got her out of a dark place so much that she feels a sense of loyalty to him because of that. Like, she doesn't want to hurt him because he was there for her. And I feel like that's what's kind of keeping her in this. Um, but not necessarily feeling sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I feel like she was also kind of feels like she was sold a kind of a bit of a bill of goods. Like this mm-hmm. is supposed to be a non-stressful situation that I could ease right. into and have security. And it's not that. So like being single and I, I, I think there, I mean, there, I don't think her his family's her family's wrong, but right. It is. I don't know. I also don't know how much of it is you need to be single versus, well, if you were single, you would be living here and we could keep a better eye on you. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder why she didn't choose to like live with her mom and her brother or I don't even know if her brother lived there because I think I saw her brother wearing like a wedding ring. So I'm going to assume that mm. he might have like left the nest and lived somewhere else with his uh, partner. But You know, it's I don't know why she didn't choose to live with her mom, because I don't think that this is a situation where they should be taking it as fast as they are. And I get that they've been talking for a while and they've known each other for even longer. But I don't know. He just doesn't seem real stable. And the last time they saw each other, like we saw how that ended up. So it's like, why would you think that getting out, given that was the last time you saw him, was like the situation where you should be living with him, too? Yeah, you would have to assume that whatever happened last time, similar things are going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of no matter what he says. And it's kind of like, well, I want to believe you, but I'm not going to just jump into that both ends. It's just it's just that bad idea of stacking multiple huge life changes on top of each other. Yeah. Especially when we're dealing with someone who's trying to stay clean. Yes. It's just It's just a recipe for disaster. Like it, she's already getting out of jail. That is a huge – stressful thing. Yes. Is it better than being in jail? Absolutely. However, is it it a gigantic life adjustment that is actually super stressful? It absolutely is. We see that over and over again. Yeah. So I mean, isn't that why they say not to like get married and have a baby right away? Because it's like stress after stress. 
Right. Yeah. And like, and yeah, I, I, yeah, people that, well, I'm having a baby and I'm also buying a new house and I'm starting a new yes. job. And it's like, oh, this is, right. this is, this is hard. Yeah. Those are all great things. Like her getting out, her being a really, they're all great things, but you're talking about back to back to back, very stressful, very like, and not to say that there isn't good associated with it, but it can be stressful. It can be overwhelming. And like, that's a big change. Like having to deal with that. And, you know, being an addict, I think, is also a concern in that situation because those are the kinds of things that trigger people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where the mom would be mostly worried, right? Yeah. All right. So let's go on. Let's talk about. Oh, let's just go from bad situations to bad situations. Let's go to Monique and Derek. All right. So Derek is out getting fresh air to get so he can get away from Monique at the other side of the hotel. While Monique calls her sister Calandra to tell her what went down last night with the car chase and everything. So she still assumes that it was Derek's sisters, but um, Calandra doesn't understand what they even want. Like, why would they be chasing you? Like, what are they trying to do? Are they up their brother's butt for some reason? I'm confused. So Derek is hoping that Monique doesn't try to figure out too hard who it actually was that was chasing them because Derek knows it wasn't his sisters, but some other women. Or notably, a corrections officer that Derek was messing with, eh, I guess in prison. And so I don't know what his definition of messing with was because it also wasn't a CO from his prison, but from like Mm -hmm. a prison that his cousin was in. It's very convoluted. But And she didn't even seem to know that Derek was out at all or she found out he was out and like stalked him down, went to his grandma's house to check him out, find him there. Girl's crazy. Yeah. So he gives her a call and she's – like at first, she he was like, "Were you chasing me?" And she's like, "I don't know. Was I chasing you? you was that me?" Um, saying it probably was because you know she's from the hood, so she's crazy. So you have to expect these things. God. So he thinks that she he thinks what had happened was she found out he was out and rolled up on him where he was and then followed him when he left. So she doesn't really deny it at all at this point and just tells him that's what happens when you lead somebody on. Mm. Which okay, he wants to find out. Uh, if she's going to do that again, but she says, well, maybe if I just want to talk, if we had a chance to talk, maybe. So he tells her he just wants her to leave, leave him alone. After he hangs up, he tells us that he's nervous about this woman being dangerous. So he's going to plan to meet with her and maybe, and then also kind of throws it at the end right there. Like maybe see if there's something still there. <laughs> wow. Like I tried to hunt you down, but you know, maybe we'll hook up. So at this point, Monique has a new hotel and a new car so that this, chaser woman can't find her or won't recognize where she is. She really wants to get the hell out of Cleveland because she's pretty positive that this person is going to be able to track them down. So when she gets to the new hotel, she starts checking Derek's location and he's on the move, but she doesn't know what he's up to. So we switch to him and he's going to buy a ring for his girl and is looking for a ring that she can't say no. So blingy, she can't say no to it. His plan is to get a ring and then hold on to it and see how things go before he decides if she wants, if he wants to give it to her. So he really wants to get, you know, a ring that complements that blingy watch that he's always like staring at himself. Yeah. Um, and and he, you know, the, the ring that comes out has diamonds all over it and a big stone, I guess, in the middle. Um, because the guy says it's a 14 karat gold ring, and then he says the stone is two carats, and then says it's twenty five hundred dollars, which yeah, no. 
Well, a carrot of what exactly, you know? Like maybe I, yeah, not a diamond. Not a, that, like, whatever it was, they made they wanted us to believe it was a diamond until he said 2,500. And I was like, well, that's yeah, not a diamond. Yeah, that's probably right? like a sapphire. Or, it wasn't even you know? blue. It was clear. I don't know. if he's Unless he's playing 2,500 for like a cubic zirconia, which is like eh. he's either paying way too much or someone stole this ring is what I'm saying. Yeah. So he's still in the store when Monique calls to find out where he is. At least this time he picks up because she was – calling him a lot while he was at the store. Um, so he's trying not to give away where he is because it's a ring and it's a secret. But it's making her suspicious because she he obviously doesn't want to actually say where he is. Um, but he has to hang up real quick when he sees who's coming into the store. And who's coming into the store is his brother Darren. So Darren wasn't there for the release because at the time Darren was locked up. <laughs> so, so Darren thinks that getting a girl and a ring should be the last thing on Derek's mind, the last thing he should be worried about. And instead, he should get her one of these necklaces that means nothing, <laughs> but are still pretty. Those are nice. So Darren is acting like, you know, the fact that they're going to get – they're planning on getting engaged and they're getting married is the dumbest thing he's ever heard and just won't respect that decision if that's what he chooses – if he chooses to propose to Monique. So then Darren shows Derek how he can turn the location off on his phone <laughs> so that they can go off somewhere else and do something because Monique also doesn't want him hanging out with his brothers. All right. So uh, – how into this corrections officer is is Derek? Oh, I don't think he's into her at all now. Girl's crazy. Like, he showed her a little bit of attention, and I feel like this is what happened. But, I mean, the weirder question, or I guess more pressing question is, how into Derek is he like how into Monique is Derek because I am confused right. by him one minute he's talking about how he needs his space he just needs to be away from her so I was immediately thinking oh this is going downhill fast because this is someone Monique is the type of person she's insecure she is going to smother him like this is right. not going to last sure. long term yeah. and then the next thing you know dude's trying to buy her a ring and it's like there's no reason he has to and that's the part that like confuses me like like maybe he is genuinely into her because I don't understand why he's going to go out of his way to get her a ring when it doesn't sound like she's making any demands to get like engaged or, you know, needing some kind of like jewelry commitment. But he also has this weird plan where he's like is buying the ring mm -hmm. but doesn't want to give it to her yet. Isn't sure I want to give it to her. It's like, then why are you – I don't understand why you're buying the ring if you're not right. sure you want to give it to somebody. Like, yeah. I understand if you buy the ring because it's a good deal right now. There's a sale. I know I'm going to use it, you know, next month With when we go someone. on this trip or something. I have I have a plan of when I'm going to give her this ring, right? Or And it might not be immediately, but I, for some reason I need to get it now. There's a gap between when I can get the ring and when I can give it to her. And that might be a little bit of a sizable gap. I don't understand. I'm just going to get it and then just hide it in my closet and – We'll see how things go. Like, Maybe he understand. wants to wear it. I mean, if they have the same size finger, like he was, tr he seemed to make it want to match his watch. I no way they have the same size finger. Her fingers are way bigger than his. Oh god. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. Derek confuses me. I'm. I don't know if he actually likes Monique or not, and yeah. I feel bad for Monique if he doesn't because he certainly does things to lead her on. No, and I, that makes me think that. Well, for come back to the, the ring thing. You know how hard it is to buy a ring for somebody who doesn't wear rings and therefore doesn't know their ring size? And oh, you have goodness. to be like, to do it like Sarah, Sarah, 
you know, uh, secretly you have to be like, well, how am I going to figure out their ring size <laughs> if they don't know their ring size? I can't just like, you know, bring it up in casual conversation. Someone has to be like, here, let's go to this jeweler and get your ring size. And then for no reason, yeah. don't worry about it. Nothing's coming up. But <laughs> <laughs> like that, that aside. But I think, I, I mean, I think he wants to have the ring just in case she gets mad at him. Like he wants to keep it at a oh, distance. I can see that. And then yeah. wants to have it. So if he does something wrong and she's mad, he can just be like, huh? Yeah. Let's like get in his married. back pocket. Yes, yeah, like, exactly. Oh, okay. Hey, this you can't be at- mad at me. I'm proposing. This will get me out of trouble. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of proposing uh, and marriage and such, we actually have a couple that moved closer to getting married. They actually got married and that's Eris and Cameron. So Eris is at the, oh no, Cameron is at the bar ordering a soda. He's nervous to meet Lena, Eris's daughter, who flew in from Florida by herself. They all meet in the hotel lobby and Cameron gives Lena a big hug. Eris excuses herself to get Lena a snack. And Cameron is talking to Lena about, you know, how does she feel about the wedding? Cameron says he wants her to feel comfortable around him. Cameron jokes around with her and how he's going to beat her in the in bowling as they head to the bowling alley. Lena's first impression of Cameron is that he's short, but she's excited and, and a little anxious about this big step. Eris hopes that they can continue a good phone relationship uh, and develop that into real life. Eris has a very unconventional bowling stance, which is what they call granny style, mm-hmm. uh, where that. you just kind of hurl it between your legs. And Cameron claims that that's cheating. He then checks in with Lena about, you know, being a father figure to her without taking away from her actual father. Lena thinks that, you know, they seem like a happy couple, but for now, she's just going to call him Cam. Cameron goes to get Lena slushy while Eris checks in with Lena about the change of having a man living in their house. Eris tells us that Lena's dad had three pregnant women pregnant at the same time, and he left when Lena was very young because he was actually deported. Cameron is excited about being a father figure, even if that means having to censor himself. It's wedding day, and Eris is showing her friend Kendra and Lena her dress, which is a white dress with feathers at the top. Eris says that she's always wanted a traditional wedding and having her family there. But her dad has been to prison before, and he thinks that prison men will all just use her. So he's not there, and she's not exactly sure how to tell him that she's going to get married to Cameron. Cameron is with his friend Nelson and telling him he doesn't have vows prepared because he's a rapper. He can improvise. He says he's nervous about making everything right. Kendra asked if uh, there are plans for the future, and Eris says that the plan is to move back to Florida. Cameron was in prison uh, when his father passed from a heart attack, so they have a life-size cutout to honor him. The wedding is in uh, the park, and Eris walks up and taps Cameron on the shoulder. They hold hands, and then Lena gets invited to join hands with them. Cameron shares his vow off the cuff and does pretty well. Eris reads her vows, and then they seal their vows with a pinky promise. Uh, Cameron feeds himself the cake, and Eris is like, what? (laughs) That was supposed to feed me. As she jams a piece of cake in his face, and then Cameron pops the champagne and essentially shakes and sprays it everywhere, but doesn't actually drink it. So that was the extent of the wedding that we saw. Okay, so what do you think of the life-size cutout of someone representing a family member? I thought it was weird. 
Uh, like okay. I'm totally on board with something representing the family member. But usually it's like mm-hmm. an empty chair with a photo on it or something mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. something that meant a lot to him that mm-hmm. I am familiar with. The life size cutout seems tacky. OK, let me tell you about the last wedding that <laughs> I was in a couple weeks ago. So okay. same situation. Um, the groom's father had passed away at some point, And so they had a life size cutout. And when I arrived um, at in my hotel room, they had it propped up by the window. And it freaked me the F out every time I walked into the living room because I thought it was some man just standing there. And I was like, we need to move this thing like it needs to be nowhere oh near god. us <laughs> this is oh my god that was like okay when i was in college the guy who was shared my freshman dorm with had like a poster of bruce lee on the wall next to oh his gosh. bed yeah right but it was like next words but at night when you kind of rolled over and opened your eyes the yeah. poster was like up and it looked like he was sitting up in bed looking at you oh god like, oh. yeah oh my god that's the poster those things but like and the, the, uh, uh, different families are different and some families are tacky and want to be tacky and don't care. Well, if, they ended up ditching that idea because it was too windy. So it oh, was outside and dad was good. Dad's cutout was flying away. So they my, decided, okay, dad's going to be in the safety of inside, which is not where the wedding I'm is. I'm just, I'm also just thinking about my dad personally. My dad's a little bit odder than some people because, you know, he doesn't literally, he just never wants his picture taken ever. <laughs> yeah. So like, I feel like if I had a life-size cutout of my dad of my dad that was at my wedding, he would come back to life, steal it, slap me for making it, and then go die again. <laughs> like, <laughs> he would be like, what you, "Do not do this. I will not accept this. Right. I do not accept your your things in my memory." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get the sentiment, but I don't know. It was in my personal experience of being involved with the wedding. With that, I was like, no, but I don't think I, mean, I like that. I think I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's kind of cheesy, but Cameron is a cheesy dude. He is. Okay. That was the other thing that I actually really appreciated um, that, you know, we always hear these things like, oh, you don't see they're like so good with the kids. Like Cameron, at least in front of the camera, very good with Lena. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. definitely seemed to have that rapport. And I was like, oh, good job. And, you know, I think it is really cool that you know he had a talk with her about like hey i want to be there for a father figure with you not trying to replace your dad you know but like i want to be there and i think that's like so neat to have like a bonus dad like that Mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah and I, i i i do appreciate that he seems to be able to when he needs to not make crudely sexual jokes everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's hope he really meant that he can censor himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. If that means Lena has to be around all the time, let's keep girl around all the time for the rest of the season. Yeah. All right. So can we also let me put this because I have opinions. What did you think of the wedding dress? Uh, it was all right. I mean, I get that it was last minute. So got to be off the rack. Sure. I didn't find it very flattering on her the way it kind of like laid. But like I said, I get it. It was off the rack. I think that if she had had more time that she could have probably found something yeah, a little bit I, more body flattering. I wasn't 100% sure that it was actually meant to be a wedding dress as much as it was supposed to be something you wear on the wedding night. 
like after oh, the wedding. Like lingerie. <laughs> yeah, like it was like a, a nighty or something that's meant to be like, uh, oh, you take the dress I off and this is how you see that. Yeah, I could <laughs> see that because uh of the fact that it was like kind of like a satin type with like the a little feathers material. Yeah. yeah which yes. is why I thought it wasn't like very flattering. Cause like that kind of material, that satin material, you can see mm. every lump, even if there is no lump. You know what I'm saying? And then uh yes, with the kind of like the boa feather top. But the only reason why I wouldn't think it is is because it was actually long. Yeah, it was long. It yeah, was long. It was it wasn't long. A... The slit was kind of like to your knee. It wasn't like too, too high, but yeah, it was it was long. It was uh Actually, a fairly modest dress because it didn't even have like a V cut uh, by the cleavage. It was just kind of straight across the top. So, yeah. Yeah. The one other thing that I was nitpicking at this wedding for being tacky Mm -hmm. was the officiant, who I assume was just some whatever they got, a justice of the peace that wasn't busy, right? Right. So, I assume that this is not a person who is new to doing weddings. It does weddings all the time, right? Yeah. They don't have a notebook or something that has their script in it. She was reading off her phone. Honestly, to me, that is so incredibly tacky. Yes. I cannot stand that when I so I was preparing a speech for, you know, because I was in a wedding a couple weeks ago. I put like I wrote my notes on a note card and I intentionally brought a note card, even though this was a destination wedding, because I was like, you know what? I don't want to be that person reading my stuff off my phone because I it is so tacky to me. Yeah, it's just and, – and let alone – but let alone the entire ceremony that if it, you assume you've done it a few times. You probably have the dang yeah. thing close to memorize. It's holding the phone there. It's, it is so tacky. Yeah. Well, I don't trust any officiants after all the weddings that I've kind of seen. I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I'll trust you, Mr. O. <laughs> yes, apparently you will. <laughs> um, no, but then sometimes – yeah, there's sometimes they're like – you pronounce their names wrong? Like, yeah. did, did you not even practice that? Did you not even talk oh to them beforehand? Goodness. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a couple weddings, too, where the person is just, like, stuttering the whole time. Like, almost like, this can't be your first time's public speaking. No, it can't be. Because then I find out that it's like the pastor of someone's church. It's like, this is how you present, like, sermons and stuff? Like, Right. You're I don't understand how you can engage your congregation if you can barely spit out a sentence. So like things like that where you're just like, I, I guess I expect more, like you said, out of people that are like doing this as a living, like you're an efficient for a living. Right. And I definitely think it is part of our being teachers because Yes, you know, very as, true. As teachers, they're just like, We need you to talk for a half hour and we're like Okay. All right. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> about what? Tell me about what. Got <laughs> Give me it. a subject. I got you. We're, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, few people like talking to groups of people as much as most teachers do. <laughs> right. That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right. So, moving on, we have Ashley and Travis as my last couple. So, I'm not sure what started this, but we start with Travis the romantic ninja getting naked very quickly and waiting for Ashley, who <laughs> – Instead of joining him for some adult fun time in the bedroom, just like runs outside um, because somehow related. I don't know if she got the news right now or what happened, but she tells us that her landlord has given them 48 hours to vacate the property because he doesn't want an ex-con living there. So she claims the landlord knew about Travis this whole time, knew he was in jail, saw the picture on the refrigerator, which means the landlord seems to be spending a lot of time in her house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, knew he was coming, but now all of a sudden it's some convenient excuse to get her. Probably sounds like she thought he could get her out so he could get somebody to pay higher rent in. Yeah. So to no one's surprise, Ashley is crying about it and <laughs> is yelling at Travis to just leave her alone and don't do anything and just listen to my wishes and don't do anything. And I don't know. I'm not sure how much Travis knows because he keeps saying like, I don't know what you, you're freaking out about, but then yeah. keeps like yelling, I'm just going to talk to them. So I don't know what anybody knows at this point, but she really doesn't want him to talk to anyone because she's done, but things are also worse because her business is bad and she's not going to be able to get another place in Florida. So later on, they're back in a Northern Virginia hotel where Ashley is at the pool and Travis is on the room in the room calling his mom. Those things didn't go well. They said the landlord gave did I think they said the landlord did give them the minimum 15 days instead of the 48 hours yeah. um, to get out. But they still weren't ready. Everything was a rush. They needed to transfer his parole to Virginia. They had to sell a bunch of her stuff that they couldn't fit in the car, including all the furniture and everything. Um, and we go to Ashley at the pool. And she says she's not just not used to being in this these kind of uh, financial situations and it's really tough. She thinks that maybe maybe when things were going well, she might have lived beyond her means. Oh, God. And Travis – we come back to Travis in the room who says, you know, he's not with her for the money. But he wishes he had a better understanding of the situation he was coming into when mm -hmm. he got out because he kind of thought it was going to be, you know, easy breezy, clean sailing, whatever. Um, so – the situation is bad because not only – I guess when she left because it's an early termination or something, she lost two months' rent and a security deposit. And she also only made up made up selling her furniture as quick as she could on Craigslist or whatever, made up – only made like $3,500 for stuff that she probably spent more than $40,000 on. Yikes. So outside, they get into a tiff about whether or not she's going to go for a swim because I don't know. He keeps saying like, well, we, we need to talk and we need to figure things out. And she says, we need to figure things out. You need to figure things out. Why don't you just figure things out and do it? It's very – she yells at him for not figuring things out. And he's like, I'm literally trying to figure things out right now. And she's just very mad. Um, so I don't know what's going on. This seems like the most confusing – I'm sure we're not getting the whole story oh, on yeah, the landlord-tenant thing. Yeah, I think the reason why it's confusing is she seems to be real embarrassed about the situation that they're in. And I mean, I think you can see that by her getting upset and what was her thing that she wanted to do is like basically not talk to production. So I feel like we're definitely getting just a small piece of the whole thing. What I kind of gathered and like I definitely think there is more to it than just this is that it sounded like the landlord did give them 15 days. Yes. Um, she knew that you know this was a possibility that it could happen um but he didn't really seem to act on it until whatever he found i don't know found out something and then she um but she had 15 days like i don't know it's like what are you doing in that 15 days that you couldn't have come up with something and i also feel like the whole like you are getting evicted, but then you still have to pay like, you know, the last another month rent and right. you still have to pay the safety, you know, deposit. You don't get the deposit back like that to me doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And I don't know if either this landlord is taking advantage of people he know don't have the means to sue him um, yeah. or um, 
or she's not giving us the whole story. Um, right, right. I know in my in, in my contract, it you know if I if I break the lease early, I lose it's two months rent. Like yeah, that's I know, but it's not two months rent plus the security deposit that is the security deposit. Right. It's two months rent that they just keep, right? Plus that's you breaking the contract, not you not getting them. evicted. Right. So and these and they're not evicted for failure to pay either. Right. So there's little there's also because I did look it up, there's actually literally um a guy going around Florida uh-huh. right now, like asking places, hey, do you rent to felons? And when they're like no, he's like, great, I'm suing you. Because you have to rent to felons. You can't test them people. Because apparently there's HUD guy. It's a little controversial because yeah. you know, um, it's not exactly clear whether the whether that is the law or not, because it's right. based on fair housing, um, the Fair Housing Act, which is run by right. HUD and it's like new guidance versus old guidance versus what's actually in the law that so it's something that could end up, you know, going higher up in the courts. But it definitely seems like a lease you can't have where you're like, no, because the person that you chose to stay with you in your house, that you're they're not on the lease, you're right. paying the lease and they stay I'm I'm canceling. I'm I don't think that's grounds to throw away your lease unless no. unless she doesn't actually have a lease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, who's to say what she has because she's been kind of like cagey about stuff, but also it's like I don't know how you're in a situation where you can't even rent a storage unit. Storage yeah. units are pretty cheap because there's so many of them, I feel like. She could have easily got a storage unit for like 100 bucks. I feel like. So just dump all your stuff in there. Like if it's worth, you know, however many thousands, like, you know, sell a couple of things like and then, you know, uh, put the rest in storage. I, right. I really just, it, am it, confused. It, it, it does seem... Yeah, it does seem to be a little okay. Yes, you can't afford. She was in a house, yeah. Right, she was in a full house with a pool and everything, and she that was one of the things she said she overextended herself. But it just seems, I guess, I don't know. I, I, she has no valid. I guess it's because she at this point she has no source of income, so she can't even get like a studio apartment or a one bedroom apartment anywhere, right? Um, in Florida. In the entire state. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other part is like, how are you that fiscally irresponsible that you have absolutely nothing? And then I did not appreciate her reaction when it's like, I get that there is no rule saying that she had to fully support Travis. I get that. But to like make it like it's his like, yeah, it's his responsibility. Fault. You yeah. know, like, well, now you got to step up and be the man and like, you know, it's like, why aren't yeah. you doing anything? It's like, dude, I just got out of prison. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what kind of work I can do as an ex-con. I thought that we had this all lined up. That was my plan, but it's not a plan. And clearly you're not thinking about what to do. So it's like it's unfair to put it all on him. No. And she is I I, I would have a lot of trouble dealing with her because oh, she yeah. um. Because something bad happens and I just want to be like, all right, something bad happened. Let's get a plan. What are we going to do? What are our options? She just – and she just like, I don't want to talk about it. I can't think about it. I'm not doing anything. No, no, no. Just don't talk about it. Why aren't you respecting my wishes and not talking about it? And I was yeah. like, because it's not – Just let me in the pool and pretend like nothing's happening. Because it's not going away when you don't yeah. think about it. That's why. And right. I could totally see why they have to rush because honestly, we don't know when she had that freak out. She might yeah. have told – that might have been – 13 days into the 15 days that he gave her. 
<laughs> right, exactly. Because I could see her doing that too, like almost like, oh no, this isn't real. Like, there's no way they could do that, and just kind of like pretending it's not happening and like not wanting to confront that this is like a real problem and you need a problem solve this now like can't just wait till the last minute because then shit like this happens yeah and like in hindsight she's like oh i guess i wish i would have been better with my money and blah 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 blah. it's just like you think like it just it confuses <laughs> me when people are that fiscally irresponsible in situations where they are not in a stable place like we are so so fortunate to be and i i know it's a little bit different in your state but like for me my district can't just get rid of me you know and so that's job security and so i mean they could but i mean you would have ample ample notice like if it was a you know reduction in workforce kind of situation but you know it's like and there's so many, and I am not in the, on like the first line here of people that oh, are. Oh no, you know, it's uh, it's usually last in, first out. Right, 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 right. So I mean, like I feel like I don't have much to worry about, and so I mean, for that, it's like, could I be a little bit more reckless with my money, knowing that my income is like guaranteed almost? Sure, but for a like business that she has to be that fiscally irresponsible, anything I think in sales, you just never know what you're gonna have. You right. never know what the market's going to look like. You never know if you just because you have a great month doesn't mean that the next month is going to be great, too. It's like I don't understand people that just don't. They're like all they see is immediate money. They're like, yeah, spend. Well, this is so awesome. I mean, I, I, there are people who just yeah. spend every dollar, spend every dime they have. Yeah. Like uh, no matter what the circumstances. And yeah, because they think it's like, oh, this never ending like. But that's what I mean. Like the people who don't think about like the stability of, you know, this is guaranteed income. Oh, yeah. And spending I mean, like they do. Yeah. And, and the two of us, I mean, it again, that we go back to teaching. It self-selects people who like to talk in front of other people. <laughs> yeah. And it self-selects people who want to have stable income. Yeah. Like, I yeah, just, I, I have really like, I, and so that's part of the reason I have the job that I have is because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, I know I'm not going to make as much money, but I know it's going to be steady and I know it's going to be hard to fire me. And I know it's not going to get, it's not going to be the turns of the economy aren't going to get me laid off. Like, right. I got, I got this. Like, yeah. and so, and so, yeah, it is very hard for me to understand. It, it's really hard for me. Like, oh my God, like the, the jobs of people work on commissions and it depends on how yeah. well you did this month. That terrifies me. And if I had that job, I wouldn't spend a damn dime. I would be like, no, I have to hold on to all of it. It might be gone any time. Right. It would be so hard to get me to spend any money. Yeah. I mean, as much as like teachers, you know, you feel like, oh, we don't get paid enough, like compared to like what we do and stuff like that. I think there are certainly benefits, but – you know, I think also this whole like idea like, oh, teachers get paid too much. You you know, you have a summer's off and all this vacation. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty satisfied with the amount that we get paid. So yeah. I'm not complaining either way. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. We, it's it's a comfortable it's fair compensation yeah. for what I'm doing right now. So, sure. yeah. 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 And that that varies hugely depending on where you're teaching. Like yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like <laughs> I can so does, say – And by the way, we'll say this out loud. So does the security. Like both yes. of us are in pretty oh, strong sure. union states and have, you know, teachers unions where we have a due process where it takes yes. – You know, you have to put me on a professional yeah. development plan, blah, blah, blah. It takes a long time to do anything and not all teachers have that – do no. have that security. No, that's true. In a lot true. of places. I heard Oklahoma is pretty bad, but – Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but yes, we def- definitely have it pretty good. And, you know, and I say that that I'm happy with compensation because, I mean, our union just, 
you know, settled a 10 percent raise in our contract for this year. So, yeah. you know, if we didn't have that, maybe I'd be a little bit more grumbly <laughs> yeah, about for, for how sure. much we're making. For uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to our last couple, Justine and Michael. So at Justine's house, Michael is trying to work on his sneaker business while the kids are pretty much just being wild. The boys are hitting each other while the oldest daughter, Kylie, isn't really helping the situation because she's also throwing stuffed animals around. They're generally being loud and distracting while Michael tries to have a phone conversation with his sneaker product manager. Bentley, the youngest son, comes in to cry to Michael that the older son, Santana, keeps hitting him. Santana admits to it, but gives a sing-song disingenuous apology. Michael goes in to talk to him and says that he's trying to work, and Santana asks him, on what? And Michael says, it's irrelevant, going back to Michael doesn't like to answer questions. Uh, (laughs) Michael tries to parent them and uh, says that he's going to call their mom as Santana tells him not to snitch. Justine is shopping while Michael is trying to point out how wild the kids are as we see Kylie in the background fake kicking one of the boys. Michael begs her to get back as soon as possible. Justine says she's not feeling well and she's just very tired, so she decides to get a pregnancy test in addition to all these cold remedies. Justine gets home and everyone seems to be peacefully hanging out on the couch. Michael says it was all right and better than prison, well, other than the not being by himself part. Michael then has a conversation about how Justine should just quit her job, and Justine doesn't want to. Justine takes out the pregnancy test and shows Michael. She thinks that quitting her job and losing her health insurance is a bad idea, especially before a baby. All right, so, you know, Justine, if she has a cold, it's probably a cold separate than the pregnancy because I've never heard of... I've never heard of cold symptoms. Right, right. And that's what she was originally complaining about. But um, do you think Michael could really handle another child given we've seen the rowdy crew and I feel like they were certainly playing it up for the cameras. But oh, yeah, like kids were uh, crazy. That's a frustrating. That's a frustrating group of kids. And I'm not blaming anyone for that. Some kids are just kids and that's the way they are. They're like. They just oh, can't sit Santana, still. Santana, I would not with him. Like he is, uh, he would drive he me crazy. Sassy. Um, he doesn't really like. It's clear that he doesn't have, or at least acts like he has that respect for Michael yet. You oh know? yeah, no, that's part of it because yeah. it's it's one of those. He's one of those kids that Michael yells at him and he smiles the whole time. Like, ha, ha. oh, this is funny that you think you can tell me what to do. Right, <laughs> I'm right. gonna do what I want to do when you're oh, done I doing this. I just want to smack yeah. him when I see that look on and his face. But also that little kid kept hit, throwing the stuffed animal at Santana uh, and then when Santana back, like, oh, you hit me. He keeps hitting me with his toy. And, it's like, and oh Santana's like, yep, I did it. <laughs> I did it. You know why I did it? Because he kept hitting me. And if he can't take it. Yeah. And he was he like, sorry. Get the and it's like, yeah, we yeah. all know you're not really sorry. Right. And, and the whole thing is, is like and me, if I'm Michael, I'm just frustrated. It's like, I don't even care who yeah, hit who or did what. Up. I just asked you to shut up for 30 seconds and you can't do it. Like, right. oh my God. That's the that's the most frustrating part of being a dad. And he handled it, I'll be honest, better than I do a lot of the times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he really tries. Um, but yeah, I think it's also frustrating. Also, I'm kind of like confused. In what world does he think like his businesses are out the gate making enough money that Justine can just quit her job? Yeah. It wasn't even like, oh man, I hope we, I hope I can start bringing in money so you can quit your job. He was already yeah. like, we need to talk about you quitting your job now. 
Yeah. So like, you can take care of these kids and I can take care of business. And it's just like, oh, are you really making that much? I don't think he's making that much. Like, I really don't. He might be making that much gross. Uh-huh. But then you take out the exp- – you know, he strikes me as the kind of person who could, would be like, listen, I did I did $500,000 of business last year. And it's like, yeah, but $500,000 of business meant you made $500,000 in sales and spent $485,000 to make those sales happen. You didn't do $500,000 right, in business, right? right. right? Um but yeah, I can't I can't imagine. I mean, he he seems to think it's doing okay, but I think other people in terms of as we just talked about in terms of security have a much lower bar for how much they have to have and how much there has how much buffer there needs to be between them and zero. Yeah. Before they consider it to be secure, I think my number for that is a lot higher than yeah. Michael's and Justine's. Right, right. Okay, so we saw everyone. Uh, I think we're starting to wind down, though, because, I mean, I don't think we'll see Gabby and Chris again, given how they ended. Eris and Cameron got married, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see them again. Um, I guess we... And we've been expecting Nathan and Skylar to just blow up and be done for a few weeks now. Yeah, yeah, so that could happen. Uh, Monique and Derek also same. We just don't know where that's going. I think I think I saw in the preview they're going to be back for life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, honestly, I would not even be surprised if Derek was milking it, you know, just, just to be on the show. On the but show. I mean, we haven't even got to the part where like he's at grandma's house and Monique is planting, you know, cameras yet. Oh yeah, that's right. We don't have the we don't have the nanny cams in, in grandma's yet. Yeah. Right. So I mean like I'm not they're not not interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean double negated. There's a literal high speed chase the past two weeks. Yeah. So. I mean they are an interesting couple. Like I'm not bored of them yet. Sure. I can see if they kind of recycle the same like things. They can get old fast, but I mean there's still a lot we haven't really touched on with them, so yeah, there is a lot that we they kind of set up but haven't paid off yet for sure. Right, like the nanny cams. Right, right. Okay, so out of this group, who would you say is your student of the week? I'm with um, Aris. Like, it's fine. Wedding. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's easy to bet. That's always my pick whenever somebody gets married. It's like, yeah. she got married. She was nice to her child. There we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well, I guess going along with that wedding, I went with Cameron because I was really impressed with uh, how much effort he put into and how what good rapport he had with Lena, the daughter. Mm. So, yeah. And I also appreciate that he did not jam cake in her face. He jammed it in if his anything, own face. If anything, his faux pas was just <laughs> feeding himself, which I'm okay with. Although he did pop right. the champagne and spray it everywhere. Like. Yeah. Well, I know that drives you crazy. I don't really care. He can't. He's not even supposed to be drinking, I thought. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with him spraying it everywhere. Um, Okay. So how about your dunce? Oh, Chris. Like, it's not a fun one to pick, but clearly the worst person on the show. Oh, yeah. But, you know, and not that we need to see that, but it's like, uh, is there another side to it? We didn't really get anything, right? So I'm not trying to get him a try. I'm not trying to give him a benefit of a doubt or anything like that. But it's like I would want to, you know, get like the arrest report, something, or you know, uh, to have like more of than just kind of. I don't want to say it's hearsay because 
but it's like, but just her side. No, and I, I, I do get where you're coming from because I do, I do want to, want to like, I do want to believe women when they say things. Yes, you know. But yeah. Gabby lies a lot to us. We've heard yes. her lie. We know she's a liar, and I'm yeah. not saying she is lying about this. Mm-hmm. But I wish we had. Yeah, I kind of wish that. I wish we had more than, you know, the word of a, which we have no choice but to accept. Like, right. And but that that's what it is. Yeah, I actually went with Ashley on this. It's like not only are you ma- making bad fiscal decisions that are affecting others now, but it's like the inability. Or like just, I guess, like the lack of motivation to actually solve your own problems. It's yeah. like, get with it. Right. I mean, and I do get you get, you, you might need a moment, right? You yes. might like, all right, but that's it. But she just like, nope, I've given up. I look hot in a bikini and I'm going to get in this pool. Yeah. And now like, it's your problem. And now it's you your problem. with it. Yeah. 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 What about your life lesson? Uh, but kind of goes, it goes to her. It's like, you really need to understand what your contract says yeah. <laughs> for like both your jobs and your lease. Cause I don't think she understands the idea of it. Like, cause when she was like, oh, he wants to kick us out in 48 hours because, uh, there's an ex, cause my, my an ex con lives here. And I was like, I don't think he can do that. And like, yeah. <laughs> that should be something that you should be able to find out whether or not he's allowed to do that. Um, and I don't know, it just didn't even that, – that possibility that it's like, wait, is that even legal for him to do didn't come up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my life lesson was actually directed at Nathan. So I feel like there is a pattern with him where he just acts however the hell he wants and then just feels like he can apologize for it genuinely after. So if you're constantly having to apologize for something, you acknowledge is an issue. It just uh-huh. – your apology isn't genuine and it's more of a manipulation at that point. Right, right. Don't, yeah, don't tell me you're sorry for it. Just don't do it. Right. And like, you know he's going to do this exact same thing again and he's right. going to like cry about it afterwards and be like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm a work in progress. Repentant about it is by not doing it again and not, yes. it isn't by keeping to do it and just think, well, I'll apologize after. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so uh, we'll be back with most of these couples, but probably not all, next week. So Mm -hmm. until then. All right, talk to everybody then. Okay, Okay, bye. Bye.